0: morning, everybody. Let me give you a quick little fact about what we just saw up there. <clears throat> the kids who graduated from high school this year were not alive when that happened. I don't know if anybody's ever thought about that. Um, it's, been, it's been 19 years. It's hard to believe that, 19 years um, since that took place. And I think uh, as I was watching that video, I was thinking about how that... Those terrible events that took place on that day um brought this country together, and nineteen years later we're we seemed like we're divided again um it's just it's just mind blowing um, I would hope that we don't have to have events like that that bring us together, but um maybe i don't know it's definitely kind of goes along with the theme of what i'm going to talk about today, which is restoration um I think maybe. Um, Our country needs some restoration. After watching that video, I just, I never even thought about it until just now when I watched that video about how much that event pulled our country together and it seems like our country is torn apart as I just said. So maybe we need some restoration as a country, but um, our text this morning, if you'd like to turn there, you can. It's in Joel chapter 2. I'll give you a minute to get there. Um, As you can see. As you can see from the the first slide that was up there, our topic this morning is about restoration. Um, Have you noticed the trend on TV lately? The trend on TV with shows about bringing old things back to new? Um, Like there was that one called American Restoration that I think the guy was out in Las Vegas and he he takes these old things, um, I mean, that people find, like the American pickers find, and he brings them back to be like new back to their former state, it seems to be a trend. Um, Let's look at our text real quick. Joel chapter 2, verses 25 through 26. It says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And and my people shall never again be put to shame. So I think about those shows that we see on TV when when restoration takes place. And, you know, according to the world, um, restoration means to bring back something that's old back into its former state. Um, Things that that have needed restoration have over time been allowed to slip into a state of neglect or disrepair. But if we look at the term restoration in the, in the, in the Word of God, it's different, it's different from the world's term of restoration. Um, while the world says that restoration is bringing something back to its original state, the biblical definition of restoration or godly restoration means bringing something back into a state where it would be even greater, even better than the original state. Um, and we see this definitely like in Job. So if you guys know the story of Job, Job, um, he was a man of God. God was very proud of Job. Job was, was wealthy and fruitful and blessed and whatnot. And then God, you know, God took that all away. And in the end, if we look at Job 42.12, it says, So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. Um, so what God did is he took something and made it even better than the original. And that's what God does. That's what God's in the business of doing. Um, how many of you in here believe that 2020 might be a, re- a year of restoration for you? Um, COVID's make, made me think a lot about this. Um, being home for COVID has made me think a lot more about my relationship with God and how my relationship with God has, has um, slipped into a state of disrepair. Not walked away, not, not left or anything, but just a state of disrepair, just a state of not what it should be um how many of you in here believe that that this year might that that might play into effect for you or that maybe your your relationship has has fallen into a state of disrepair um and if there's nobody in here then maybe this message is just for me so you can listen to it as I speak to myself but but maybe it's for you too I don't know I mean we'll see um, maybe 2020 is a year of restoration for you or maybe for your household or for your family or for your health or for your finances. Um, maybe we've all allowed our, our relationship with God to slip into a state of neglect and, and disrepair. Um, I'm not saying like we've walked away, I'm just saying maybe it's been neglected a little bit. So what I would like to do today is kind of go through some different points of different areas where I think that our relationship with God could use some restoration. And I think the first very most, the first point that I'd like to bring to you is, is just what I just said. Our, 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 our relationship with God needs to be restored. We need to have restoration in our relationship with God. And I think the first thing that we need to do in order for that to take place is acknowledge that there exists some kind of disrepair and neglect like what I was just saying. Um, I think we've got to acknowledge that we've drifted away from God. And again, I notice I'm saying drifted away. I'm not saying run away. I'm not saying give up the faith. I'm just saying we've drifted away. I remember back in the day in my household when church attendance was mandatory. Now it seems like it's become optional. I remember once a time when worship was vibrant and loud and hand clapping and, and such like that. And some mornings I walk in and I'm tired and scattered and it's not like that for me. Maybe, maybe the same for you. I remember one time when, when our prayer meetings and corporate prayer were our lifeline to God. And it seems like during COVID it got replaced with a hot meal and feet up on the sofas that, by the way, God blessed us with those sofas inside of our home, which God had blessed us with. And I'm not like pointing fingers at anybody or anything. The only fingers that I'd be pointing here would be at myself. I'm just saying that I think I, and maybe you, have drifted a little bit. I think that maybe I or you or us have what we, have been what, what the Bible defines as, as lukewarm. And we see that in Revelation 3, verses 15 through 16, they say, I know your words, You are neither cold nor hot. Would you that you were either cold or hot? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. So why has this happened to us? Why has this happened to me? Well, I think today's church, maybe we're a little bit influenced by the world. Maybe we've become spiritually complacent. Maybe we have brought into ourselves idols which have replaced God as number one. We see in Romans 1, verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. I find myself doing that sometimes. I'll get excited about one thing and it'll become my focus and I start pushing God out. Start pushing Him out, start pushing Him out and I start to replace God with something else in my life. So I say, if this year 2020 is a year of restoration, let's return to God. Let's return to a deep relationship with God again. Let's cry to God and say, Father, restore my relationship with you. Let's break down the barriers that block us from having that meaningful relationship. Now there's a reason why this is my first point, is because without this, none of the other stuff matters. This is, this is the first point because it's the first step in having restoration. So let's return to God. Second, there needs to be restoration of our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about the military, but one of the most One of the greatest and most successful military tactics used in battle is the whole divide and conquer. Why? Well, because when an army fights together, it's really difficult to defeat them. So why is it so difficult to defeat them when they fight together? They got numbers. They can close and strengthen all breaches and gaps. Um, They can motivate and help each other. They have more weapons and ammunition together. A greater army has more experienced warriors. They tend to their wounded better. So when an army works together, they have all of these things. Now, if you guys remember, we're called the army of God. And if we're working together, then we have all these things. Numbers, strengthen and closing gaps, uh, motivate and help each other, Um, more weapons and ammunition to fight the enemy together, Um, more experienced warriors tend to our wounded better. But what Satan wants to do is he wants to divide us. He wants to defeat us. Why? Because if he has smaller numbers, it's easier to fight against. If we open up breaches and gaps and our lack of relationship with other people, he'll exploit those. Um, If if there exists no more help and motivation amongst each other, where we're helping and motivating each other, we're going to start bringing each other down, which is exactly what he wants. But maybe our greatest downfall is all, of all is that if we fight with each other instead of the enemy, he's already won. If we look at 1 Corinthians 1, verses 10 through, 3, 10 through 13, it says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among, among you, but that you be united in the same mind and same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is a quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cepheus, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So what what we're hearing here is that we saw even in the early church some division taking place. And what we know is we follow Christ, we're baptized by Christ, um, we're baptized in the name of Christ. If we look at Romans 16, verses 17 through 18, maybe this sounds familiar to some of you. I appeal to you, bro- I appeal to you brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such person- persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naïve. There needs to be restoration amongst the relationship between the children of God. We can't love God whom we can't see if we cannot love each other who we do see. So I ask you this morning, do you know of somebody who you have a broken relationship with? Can you think of that person possibly? Um, give them a call this week. Say Hello. First step in repairing that, um, pray for them. Pray with them right there, right then and there on the phone. It doesn't matter what that person's done to you. Jesus looked at those who crucified him and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If Jesus can forgive when he's on the cross, we can forgive when we're in our comfortable homes. So what are those steps to forgiving those who hurt you? The First thing is to change your heart, not your head. Let go of the past no matter how painful, no matter how great the injustice. Forgive even if you are not forgiven in return and focus on God and not man, not not man. Third step, I believe is going to be restoration of the church. So this one's a little bit tough cuz I think that there might be a risk that I get thrown out of this building this morning. I think sometimes, me included, we focused on ourselves in church instead of the world. And I'm saying not just element, I'm saying the church the churches in America, right? I think a lot of our churches in America, a lot of our focus is within the programs of our own church and very little focus to the outside world. Me, I'm guilty too, right? I think a lot of times we focus on what can we do in here? What can we do to bring people in? What can we do to pe- keep people? What can we do to uh, make people happy? And we focus on ourselves and we don't focus on reaching out to people, to help people, to love people, to give people a need or whatever. We know how God intended the church to be. If we look in Matthew verse 28, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Psalms 96.3 says, Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. Listen to what these verses are saying. It says, Go out. Go out. And share with other people about what Christ has done and his marvelous works. And I think there needs to be a restoration of true worship to restore the church. And I think there's a big difference between lip service and worship. Um, and I think that comes when we realize that worship is a heart expression of our feelings about God. We worship him in spirit and in truth. So if we realize, and, and again, people Please hear me as I'm pointing towards myself. Remember I said in the beginning, this message was for me. I'm being selfish about it. Probably not for you. But um, we have to remember over and over again that worship is a heart expression of our feelings about God. And how about our ministries? I think there needs to be restoration of our ministries to restore the church. Um, There was this film... I can't remember the name of it, where an old man took a group of youngsters to a cemetery. Maybe you guys can remember. Um, And he began to show them the names of all the headstones, and he told them that the cemetery was one of the richest places on earth. And then, of course, the kids had all kinds of questions about this statement. He explained the reason that it was the richest place on earth is because in that cemetery is buried unfulfilled dreams, unrealized plans, and regrets on things and tasks not accomplished. So why am I saying this? Because I believe that there needs to be a restoration of people to their callings and to their ministries. Ask yourself this question today. Are you going to take your ministry, your calling from God, with you to your grave? Some of you might be asking, is is it now is now the time for me to start working for the lord i'll give you an answer to that one might be the only answer i have yes god wants you to change the world god wants to work through you i don't think it's hard for us to find that those areas where god is nudging us where god is pushing us where god is saying this is what i want you to do right now And there's some of you that right now you might be contemplating, is now my time to step down? That's between you and God, but I'm sure he'll tell you. And unless he does, I don't think it is. Um, Maybe it's your time to step up. God wants to restore his church, and he's looking for you. He's looking for you today to do that. Fourth step, I think, is going to be the restoration of our home. And this is the hardest one, I think, for me, because we all know that the biblical definition of the home should not be much different than the church. Church and home should look pretty similar. Um, In the book of Acts chapter 2, it teaches us that that the spiritual activity of the believers in the beginning did not begin in a church building. It began in homes. And I think COVID has really shown us that, has reminded us of that. Um, one of those memes or vines, or I don't even know what they're what they are, but one of those sayings going around during COVID, when all the churches were being shut down, and some people were like really concerned about it, was that you know, oh how did that how did that go? It was um, Satan didn't close down all the churches, but yet Christ built one in every home. You know, um, and so we have to remember that. The early church began in homes and that, and, that, and that needs to happen. We need to have restoration of the home where spiritual activity takes place in the home first and then the church. I think we need to remember that when we walk into our house after service today, we have to realize that that's the sanctuary of God. Fingers pointed at me. We should allow the presence of God to dwell in our home. Home, as God intended, is a lighthouse for Jesus. The Father in the home is the high priest. It's a place of regular spiritual activity. It's a place to worship God as a family. It's a place of peace. It's an object of the intentional blessing of God. That's hard to hear sometimes, right? Because we know, I know where I've failed in those areas a lot. Um, fifth step is going to be the restoration of our finances. Um, I want to begin this point by saying that God has purposely intended that we, His children, should be blessed. Um, but being blessed doesn't mean necessarily that you're given, that you become financially rich in the world's eyes. It means that you're rich as God has intended for you to be rich. Um, we look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 14, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come to pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes And gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So what's happened with our finances? Why do we need restoration? Well, let me me go over them for you. Satan has designed a world system to rob us of our blessings. Why? Why? Because it gives us a mentality of poverty. Even though we are the most blessed nation in the world, we often have a mentality of poverty. Satan wants to place you in a system of unbroken debt. Satan wants you to covet what others have. Satan wants you to fall in love with money. We oftentimes want blessings in our pockets. And Satan has made us become possessed with possessions. And this one's going to hurt. Many of us are never going to have enough. We're never going to earn enough. We're always going to run short. We're always going to be broke. We're always going to lack. Why? Because a lot of times we're robbing God. How do we rob God? We're robbing God because we don't tithe faithfully or fully. Malachi 3.8 says, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have I robbed you in your tithes and contributions? The Bible also confirms, right there, if we go a couple verses later, Malachi 3.10, the Bible confirms that blessing flow, blessings that flow from, our honor, from honoring our tithes. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So how do we get financial restoration? First thing I think we have to do is honor God with our full tithes. We have to see God as more important than money. We have to accept the fact that God has not created us to live in poverty, but he wants to bless us. Now remember what I said before. Blessings from God are not necessarily financial. We need to recognize that others have need, and we need to use money wisely. So we have five areas of restoration of God. What do you think that 2020 has for you this year in the areas of restoration? I think maybe it might start with this. I think it might maybe start with either coming to Christ or coming back to Christ. I think sometimes as a church, we forget how important that gospel message is. And maybe that people haven't heard it before. Or maybe you're hearing it differently one Sunday, maybe this Sunday, or maybe another Sunday, or maybe during the week, where it impacts you. If you remember my first point was restoring our relationship with God, ask yourself the question this morning, where, where, what is my relationship with God? Maybe you've never had one. And maybe you're like me who thought you had one when you were younger and didn't realize until later on in life that you didn't really. Maybe today is the day where you say the prayer, where you ask God for forgiveness, where you ask Him to help you repent, where you ask Him to come into your heart and your life and to change who you are for His glory and for His good. Maybe it's the first time you pray that. Maybe it's returning back to Him. Maybe it's a a commitment for restoration. I don't know. I mean... All I know is that a lot of times, we don't have that gospel message speaking to us. So I wanted to make sure that I included that today, that if the first and most important step in restoring our relationship with God, or I'm sorry, in restoring ourselves is to restore our relationship with God, I think the first step is to to remember what God has done for us. Give him honor and glory for that repent of our sins, seek forgiveness, and enter into that relationship or re-enter into that relationship. Take this and think about it today. Maybe you don't need to. Maybe God's talking at your heart right now. Maybe you need to say that prayer during this last song. Go for it, I need you to do so. Can I pray with you guys together right now? Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are a God of not second chances, but 77 chances. We thank you that you're constantly willing to restore us. Um, we thank you for reminding us that restoration happens through your love and through your goodness. Um, and we just ask that whoever might need to hear this today did. I know that I needed to hear it. and I don't want to be selfish in thinking that it was just for me because I know there's others out there but I just pray that it, it bring about change and, and heartfelt restoration as you have intended to bring us back to what you wanted us to be and take us even further, as your word says. Um, so we lift this all up. We give you honor and glory and praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen.